everyone, and welcome to the Gaming Corner Podcast. Bugs and glitches and crashes, oh my. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, no. Jeff, and joining me today <laughs> is Henry. Hey, Henry, how's it hey, going? Hey, I'm alive. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Christmas is right around the corner. I'm on winter break now. I'm excited. Yeah, I wish I could say I'm on break as well, but <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate. I mean, it's whatever. Realistically, like, this is the most, like, holidays I've had off from work because normally we work holidays because those are our busiest days. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. You at least get Christmas Eve and Christmas off, though, right? Uh, Just because they fell on a Thursday, Friday for the week. Well, at least you got that going for you. Yeah, it's something. (laughs) Well, and it's good to have you here. Thanks for joining me for episode six of the Gaming Corner podcast. Let's hop right into our first discussion topic. So, Cyberpunk 2077 recently came out to critical acclaim. And by critical, I mean, uh, yeah, people are being quite critical about it. And they have every right to because it was released a broken and unfinished game. What exactly happened here? Well, realistically, I don't I don't know. I don't think it's a Now when you say it's broken and unplayable, what what specifically are you uh, are you talking about here? So specifically, I've seen a lot of reports of uh just textures loading in super slow, a lot of pop in I'm sure you've probably seen those pictures of the PS1 or N64 looking NPCs. Uh, And I've seen crashes and all sorts of stuff like that. And generally just really poor performance all around. But especially in the case of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions. I'm not exactly sure about the PC side, (laughs) but I've heard that it's at least playable on high-end PCs. Not so much Xbox One and PS4. It's it's just hardware limitations, honestly. Uh, I mean, so I thought that it was going to be more towards like PC side of all the issues and stuff like that. But since it's more like console side, it's just hardware limitations. Like, uh, what do you say it was for? It's for PS it, PS Four and Xbox One. Yeah, it's on the PlayStation Four, Xbox One. I don't know if there's a PS Five and Xbox Series X version. Um, I don't know. It, I'm curious to see how well they perform on those two consoles specifically. I've heard that they are at least better, but you know, just in general, this game seems to be poorly optimized for all platforms. It's just if you have like a, a 2080 Ti Super or something like that, then you can play the game at like maybe 4K 30 frames per second. Much lower than people yeah, but were it's expecting. 4K, like Jesus Christ, that's insane. <laughs> like even in general, like even hitting 4K at like like 60 FPS is just a bear on a fucking like GPU. So on that game specifically, which has a lot of it's it's open world, so it's got a lot of rendering happening in the background and everything. And the field division also doesn't help with that kind of thing. But it's it's more of just the fact of like. 4K in general for, like, gaming output is just stupid. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. Sure, but we've seen it uh, perform pretty well with a lot of different games. It's not like 4K is unachievable. 
No, it's not unachievable, but having like the solid like 60 FPS with a 4K game with that kind of like demand is insane because I don't think there's anything even remotely close to it. What, 4K 60 frames? Like four, 4K 60 frames, completely doable. Not saying that's impossible, not saying it's hard to do. Specifically for like those type of open world games is very demanding with a lot of stuff just happening in the background. Hmm, interesting. I will say, though, it is disappointing. This game has been hyped up for, what, seven, eight years? Since before the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One even came out. Like, people were getting excited about it. And it comes out not even playable on PS4 and Xbox One and disappointing performance on the PC. People have been demanding refunds, and there's a lot of junk just happening right now. So... But this this is just one example. This is Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red. Kind of sad to see them get caught in this controversy since they had such a good standing with consumers, you know? But... I don't know. I, I think people are just focusing on the, the negative for specifically them because it's been so long and people expected a, like, well-developed game and everything. But I don't know. If, if anything, you could look at it more of, like... Um, <clears throat> like a positive side of things whereas cyberpunk 2077 is now like a new benchmark for new anything because like when you would do when you would build a new pc or whatever and you wanted to check like the um the specs and the how well it'll hold up and stuff um oh, what the devil was it called crisis um, crisis crisis was one that was used for for benchmarking to see how well the game would ha- or how well the PC would handle that game because it was high demand with the resources and everything. Um, and then I think also one of the Tomb Raider games was another one they ended up incorporating for for testing for that kind of stuff. Hmm, so maybe, maybe Rise Cyberpunk of the Tomb Raider. T- it might have been that one. I can't remember which one. One of the last two, probably. Um, but it, we can think of it. Uh, maybe maybe it's not that. Um, cyberpunk is like super glitchy it might be completely possible but hard to say especially from pc side pc side i just think that unique builds are hard to accommodate with those types of things because computers are hard to build for a uh games any program is built for as for like a uniform kind of pc is tough to just have it run properly unless it's like at a business standpoint but this is from a consumer standpoint so everything's different Whereas consoles are the like, the the business consistent kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like developing for a <laughs> PS4 and an Xbox One is uh, it, it's more simple because there's less variables to consider. Every Xbox One and PS4 is going to be the same. Whereas you can have hundreds of different builds, maybe thousands in the PC side of things. I, I assume that's what you're getting at. Yeah. So it's. I think the PS4, Xbox One are specifically just old hardware, can't handle the game, just what it is. Uh, I'm curious about PS5 and the Xbox Series X with that one and see what they do with those types of issues if they have any. And then PC is just a matter of tweaking it, uh, being able to do patches and stuff like that for uh, specific PCs that people have running the, the game and everything. But, I mean, also the thing is, is that like, you're more likely to hear about people complaining about the bad of things than they are of like the good 
as well, especially for Cyberpunk, because it's such a hot topic and everybody wanted it to do well. But realistically, it's not like a No Man's Sky kind of issue where the developer really like pushed, hyped up the game and everything. It was more of like the the consumers were super hyped about Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, that's and true. And they were the ones who like who like hyped it up, overhyped it, saying like, this game's going to be amazing. It's going to be 10 out of 10, game of the year kind of thing. And uh, they, they just set the bar too high for, for the company and everything. And they were obviously trying to hit that, but it's just too tough. <laughs> and you keep people just want more and more and more stuff in it. And it's just like, well, we got we to gotta call it quits. We got to be like, all right, this is where the game's at. We'll launch it and then we'll roll with it and then we'll get it get it smoothed over with everything. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of good points. Uh, I think there's a lot of other variables that go into this controversy too, but you know, this topic yeah. isn't really about the controversy so much. Uh, this is about just the practice of releasing broken games at launch. We see this yeah. more commonly nowadays where, you know, the, the developer developer can release a, uh, a broken buggy glitchy game or, you know, what a lot of people would consider a beta test as its game release. Think games like Anthem, for example. That came out and it was a broken mess. Um, and then they just patch it later. Ooh, what do you like, think of uh, that? How, how Anthem fucking would brick PS4s? Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> that shit is wild to me. That is truly crazy. But like... <sighs> Obviously, they test the games and everything beforehand. They test it probably as, as well as they can with like a limited uh, base of people to keep it a controlled environment so that way things don't go too crazy. Plus, I don't know how. Well, obviously, they do beta testing with probably product keys and stuff like that for the PC users. And probably the same for like PS4 and Xbox uh, One users as well. But <clears throat> I don't know. Because it's such a limited pool for testing and whatnot, it makes it hard hard once when there's millions of people playing it and then all of a sudden the one like they just happen to find that one glitch Uh, and and it's something game breaking and that or like the one that bricks it for whatever reason it's just like well you would think they would have found this in development it's like well it depends on how far out they ended up doing um with with the testing and how thorough they were with things as well because like consumer on consumer it's like oh this is cool everything's neat blah 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 and it's just like it could be limited for um, limited access in the beta as well uh, that they could be doing too. Like, here's like the first world. This is about it all that we're going to release to you at this time. And then we're still developing everything else or we're working on tweaking everything else. And it's like, all right, cool. And then game's released and then they have the whole game. And then all of a sudden the bugs like right outside of that first world. So it might be, and it's not like they can release the whole game in the beta either. Cause then kind of defeats the whole purpose of it. Um, of, of just having the game then, uh, for for the beta testers and that's like i played the whole game there's no point in me purchasing the game or having any other interaction with this company now i already got it hmm so you're thinking the complexity of games nowadays the growing ballooning complexity of games is really to blame for this yes it's just like i said pcs and specifically are very hard to fine-tune for for a single game to play on just because there's so many different brands pieces builds that kind of stuff and they all interact differently and they just function differently essentially a pc could be as unique as like a person almost 
uh, little quirks, ticks, and everything. Hard drives could have weird things on it that might be interfering with the application while it's running and stuff like that. Right, Anything different like interactions possible. with like CPU, GPU, all that stuff. Yes, amounts of RAM, antivirus. types of RAM. Your antivirus could fucking mess with it too. You know, it's just another application. It's like I don't trust this application. I'm going to stop this fun this process from running because I don't trust it. And then your game also just breaks. Antivirus has been a pretty big deal for a couple of games on release as well. They just were like, hey, I don't know what this application is. I'm just going to stop it. <laughs> well, that does not sound like a fun like, time. No, it's not. And it, it happens. It's just what that is. So PC specifically, it's it's just hard. Consoles, I, I don't know. They're they're just those are pretty much all the same. That's there's really like there's different like models that get released, but there's never like so many where you just can't test them all. Like uh, I don't know, there's probably different models. Specifically, the Switch. I guess we could look at because you have like the the Gen One, the the purely handheld one, and then like the version two one, which was a little bit more powerful, right? Slightly. the The Switch uh, version two, uh, basically the CPU is just more efficient. It's not really more powerful. Gotcha. So it's more efficient, but still, it's different hardware or software on it for an OS or something in that matter that could still mess with a game in that mat and in, in like that fashion. So right, but a lot less games, ver- a lot less variables than a PC, for example. Yes. So like consoles, when games are released and they're like they're shit, I I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> that. That one, I don't I don't know what to do about that one. That one's just at a loss. I I like I don't know. Like I said, the only thing that I would say for specifically Cyberpunk would have been like hardware limitations because even new graphics cards for PCs have been struggling to keep up with it. And that's just the game's demanding. It's just what it is. It's very hot, very hard. It's either that or it's ill optimized. That's another way we could look at that too. I'm more tending to lean towards the poorly optimized side. Like you said, it's a it's a big open world game. But even so, like CD Projekt Red is known for its optimization skills, and it seems like they dropped the ball with this one. Like this is the what s- if they didn't though? Imagine if it was optimized and it's just hardware is this shitty. <laughs> oh man, I can't, I can't really imagine that because you know, like I said, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was on the hype train since before the PS four and Xbox One were released. Yeah, Th- these were the pieces of hardware they had in mind when they were developing this game. Um, so imagining that they wouldn't try super hard to get the game to run well on PS4 and Xbox one kind of mind boggling to me. Um, if anything, I would have expected the game to be more poorly run on the PC, but what I've heard some people say is they think that this game was more developed for the PC and the consoles were more of a side goal. Like, Less of a focus, in an other words. Yeah, an afterthought. That's a perfect word for it. And it kind of shows, because you don't see a lot of people complaining about the PC side of things, but the consoles are just, especially base PC, or PS4 and uh, Xbox One, that's where you're seeing all the crazy problems with the game. Well, you know what? Fuck them. Get a PC. Stop being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, I just let me bounce a thought off of you though. Uh, we're we're in an era where downloads, patches, and updates are very much the norm. This wasn't a thing, what two generations back? 
thinking about the GameCube, Xbox, PS2 days. Okay, okay, like console generations, not like... Yes, talking about consoles. Consoles specifically, like, since that's where most of my experience is. Um, Back in the day, those consoles and the consoles beforehand... Back in my day. Back in my day, where's my (laughs) porting? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, you sound like an old man saying that. Yes! (laughs) But... Yeah, back in the day with the PS2, GameCube, Xbox, that generation and generations before it, um, you release a game on a console and that's it. There's no updates, there's no patches, There's it, because that wasn't really a thing back then. Like, when you release a game, that's it. That's how the game is going to be. And in earlier days, you could release, like, different versions of the game cartridge. Uh, one example is the... Uh, in Super Mario 64, there's um, there's the version that released first in Japan, then the one that released here. Pretty much the same versions, just localized. It's minor differences, but not much. And then the developers, Nintendo obviously, noticed that there were some bugs with the game, and they released uh, a new version of the game, commonly called the Shindo version. And that's the version that we have on... Mario 3D All-Stars, for example. It gets rid of things like the backwards long jump glitch. So, technically, there were th- ways that a developer could make minor changes, but nothing like they can nowadays. Yeah. Do we think that that developers are just getting to the point where they think, oh, well, we can just release this game this way in the state that it's in, and we can always patch it later? What do you think of that? Do you think that's a possibility? I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, there's day one patches for almost every game now. And whether it's just like, not even tweaking, just like activating game licenses uh, possibly is a big thing for that. Um, yeah. I've seen it they, with like uh, where games have, uh, like the like reviewers get the game two weeks early or so, and some features are blocked like online functionality. Yeah. And then day one patch takes care of that. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, yeah, that I can get behind. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, I don't know. They they definitely have become lax with, with relying on being able to patch games, pretty much like day one kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but also, like, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because... They're obviously releasing a game that may or may not be perfect, but then they're able to fix the issues, air quotes, relatively quickly. But sometimes it may take a little longer depending on what types of bugs they may find. Because if they find a a metric fuck ton, it's just going to take time to whittle through and figure out why is it bugged this way um, for that kind of stuff. But it's nice because then if the game is buggy for whatever reason and it's just something super simple, they can fix it, and then you get to play the game, and you have no issues with it afterwards. Right. So, like, I like that they're able to fix games, but like you said, sometimes games just are released buggy or crappy. Um, But I know we've played plenty of bad games, like, um, that really probably could have used patches to maybe be better. Like, uh, (laughs) if you want to go back, like Sonic 06. Oh, yeah. That game... Pretty sure that game could have used a lot of patches, a lot of fixing. But once again, that kind of falls on the development team 
um, for releasing the game in that state anyways. Yeah, so, yeah, it totally does. I don't know. It's I can't. It's hard to say that you could blame the development team on those types of things too, because it could be the um, the overseeing company. The uh, I can't think of what it's called, but the the brand name is really pushing for them the to just publishers. get the game released. Publishers, yes. Uh, they're really pushing for the game to be just finished, so they can release it and get the money grab. Right. Um, uh, so I, I think that to go back to your example of Sonic 06, that definitely happened with that game. Obviously, that game yeah. was not ready in its current or in its state that it released in. Um, but to your point, the publishers who uh, who were putting out the game were like, "No, we want to have this game out for Christmas. You got to have it by Christmas." And what we yeah. got is the bug-ridden game that is Sonic 06. Same yeah. kind of thing here with Cyberpunk uh, 2077. Uh, I've heard some people speculate that, you know, CD Projekt Red, uh, the developer side of it, they could have pushed back the game a few more months and been like, look, we got to get this game playing at least playable on PS4 and Xbox One. This is the version that a lot of people are going to pick up. A hundred million people have PS4s. And like, we've been hyping this game up forever on those consoles. We need a couple more months. And then the publishers are like, no, look, it's Christmas time. Like a lot of people are going to want to buy this for Christmas, get it ready by Christmas. So that's, that's definitely a problem they could be running into. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there's that. And it's also the fact of like, um, I know they were already getting flack, uh, for having pushed back the game already. I think like once, twice, recently oh yeah um, even i was making jokes about it like at this rate 2077 might actually be the release year <laughs> yeah um but so they they were getting flack for that and it was the fact of people already wanting uh refunds after the most recent pushback um and it's like we just can't afford to keep lo- having to give back people the money and everything for that because it's just like it's it's just not it, a, it doesn't look good and it's just tough for the business in general to be giving back money um to, to so many consumers already just because they're upset with the pushback. So I, I don't know. It's, it's tough for them. Uh, they were in a rough spot uh, with how everything shook out. There's some other things that make this uh, situation in particular, pretty dicey. Um, to just to dive back into the CD project red controversy. Um, I don't know how much you saw of this, but, uh, when they gave the game to, uh, to reviewers to review they specifically gave them footage to use and they weren't allowed to use any footage in their review aside from what the developers gave them um the trailers were not indicative of how the game would run on the ps4 xbox one it was pc footage and cd project red wasn't very clear about that um and obviously when consumers got the product they were very disappointed with how it ran and it's kind of like a deception piece on uh, the CD Projekt Red side. That's one of the reasons a lot of people are, you know, really trying to get their refunds for this game. That's where a lot of this controversy is coming from. Um, and obviously there's backlash for just the performance of the game just in general. But a lot of it is because of the fact that customers feel they felt lied to. And there's a lot of deception. Um. So it's it's just a mess for CD Projekt Red. I don't know how much of that you had heard about. Like none of that, but if they willingly gave <clears throat> PC footage, um, I don't know. It's so hard to like clarify because 
if they knew it was PC and it was going to look better and they knew it was going to look better, I guess that's super shitty on them. But like if they just absentmindedly were like, here's the uh, footage and everything that we want you to use. And they didn't think about, hey, this is obviously so much better Then it's like, all right, well, is what it is, I suppose. But I don't know. Even so, I think if if their intentions were for PC to be their main focus for this game, cool. I'm fine with that, whatever. But um, <clears throat> I wonder what it initially was released or announced for. Like, you know how sometimes trailers show like, hey, this game's for PC. And then also like at a later date, a trailer shows like, oh, it's available for these consoles then kind of thing. Um, because if it, if it was meant to be focused for PC gamers... And that's just kind of what it is. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there was, there was like a, like I think a Call of Duty game that was released for the Xbox One that only released its, I think, multiplayer specifically for the 360. And that was when it was like brand new, which that's kind of shitty to just have like, here, you could get the whole game for Xbox One, or you could just get just the multiplayer for Xbox 360 because the main game, either too big, wouldn't run, some stupid bullshit like that. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's kind of asinine. But I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess their their intentions is to go for, for the platform that they think is going to uh, perform the best or have the most sales. Whereas now, like... If you're a PC gamer, you have uh, Steam, Epic Games. You might be able to buy it directly and have it installed on your computer as well. So, like, they they may have thought that sales were just going to be better for PC anyways and focused on that more than for the console side of things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it is interesting to kind of think about whether it was malicious intent on the part of Project Red or if it was just an oversight. Um, yeah. But... Regardless of what happened, it's a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question, though. Um, yeah. I mentioned that this became a more common practice um, when patches and updates and stuff started becoming available for consoles. Do mm-hmm. we foresee this being a bigger problem in the future, or do we think developers are going to start getting better about this? Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's nice to think like they'll get better about this. I'm sure like the backlash companies are taking notes on it, but you know we see it time and time again, and it, it makes you wonder, you know, is is this ever going to be, you know, not not resolved? I don't think it'll ever be resolved, but will it ever get better, worse, Le- better, something? Yeah. Um, and I I feel like. I feel like the more that you know, consumers let them uh, let developers get away with this sort of practice, the more we, you know, buy the game day one. Like a lot of developers only care about their bottom line, and if they meet their quota for day one, uh, day one sales, that's pretty much all that matters. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think it'll get better. Um, I think it'll get better if... 
I see I sound like a PC master race kind of person, but <laughs> unfortunately I'm I'm a big supporter of it just because of how much capability and versatility they have. Um but honestly, I think I think it will get better if PCs are more the direction that they go with. I mean, theoretically consoles can get better too, but because of like them being big names like Sony Microsoft, it's tough. Um, because it, that's just what you have to cater to is those two companies. Um, whereas if you go towards like the PC side of things, um, indie developers and stuff like that, who aren't being held down by like a big, um, publisher name, uh, I think they'll be able to make a game, release a game and it's amazing day one like there won't be any crazy bugs nothing wild if there is they could easily patch it out but that's because it's just once again pcs are hard to accommodate for a cookie cutter kind of uh solution um whereas like consoles you have they just have publishers really and there's not that many like indie titles they're getting a little bit better with that kind of stuff with the uh the shops and stuff but it's still it's hard to get your indie title put onto that storefront. Whereas PCs have a plethora of, of ways to get in there. And I don't think they're the most impossible either. Like Kickstarter, you could have a Kickstarter fired up, get it supported and you could give people like early access to a game product key or something like that. And they're in, it's as simple as that kind of thing. Whereas like, um, they don't have a big publisher name. They're not sponsored by anyone. They're they're going at their own pace, working on the bugs. They're not rushed. They didn't give a deadline. And then they, when the games could either be slowly released by piece by piece, like um, Bendy and the Ink Machine. I don't know. That was the first one I just thought of now. Or, or even Genshin like any Impact of the... Uh, or- yeah, exactly. Genshin Impact's a good one. Uh, the story's not finished. It's still being released piece by piece and everything, which is really nice. And there's no like promised due, uh, due date for when everything's going to be done. And there's plenty of content to be able to play throughout that kind of thing. Um, but it's just nice because they're not being forced into that deadline to release this game that they know isn't finished. And that's why they end up having to patch, which I think is a big problem right now. And why I think if we like if it heads more towards like the PC side of things, it'll be a lot. Uh, it's just going to be easier because indie developers have a, a wider platform to be able to be on. Uh, and get their, their their game out and then people know like if you're a fan of this game you understand you respect the developers and their pace and everything and you like the game for what it is and then you you support them um so it's, it's just it's just nice um from that standpoint and there's a lot less like hate and people aren't upset because like if you don't like the game you, you don't have to support them you don't have to follow them you don't have to do anything with it hmm. so realistically i think it'll be better uh that's that's the hope at least if it goes in that direction uh i just think publishers are just too um i want to say greedy but they just they just set impossible deadlines for for teams and developers and stuff like that and it's not what they want they know it's not what the people the players uh the fan base wants but they're stuck with the deadlines and it's it's what they have to do and then they have to release it and then they have just the uproar they get the sales instant money everything's good and then all the bugs and issues come through and then they have to rush their crazy like 
get the get rolling, get their asses moving, and just try and figure out a patch to fix the bugs and stuff like that. Which it's shitty and it's very unfortunate for them. But sometimes that's just end up that's that's what I think is happening here. Yeah, yeah. You bring up an interesting point, though. Um, we don't see this sort of thing happen as much from you know the indie developers or the smaller like double A developers. Interestingly enough, we see this happen from the large AAA developers, the names that we've mentioned so far, Anthem, uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, even Crisis. Like, these were these were big games, right, from big developers? Yeah. Or we even see this sort of thing, especially from Ubisoft. Like, their games often are buggy and broken at launch. I'm thinking of Assassin's Creed games. Like, uh, what was that one with the co-op, the four-player was that oh, Unity? Where, oh, uh, thinks uh, yeah, Unity. Yeah, we we see that we see that a lot from these, you know, bigger AAA studios. Why do you think we don't see that as much from the uh, from the indies? Do you think it's because you know people are more understanding? Do you think it's because the games are smaller scope, easier to <laughs> develop, or is it just like an expectation of the bigger developers that they should be able to release? high quality high fidelity non-buggy games i think it's just the the player base <clears throat> like big company name it's like oh man they're gonna release a sick title and it's just like all right i guess we bust our ass to get that done whereas like the smaller titles are just like eh, this will be done when it's done kind of thing they don't have that hard set deadline they're not looking for the sales they want to release a good product they want people to enjoy the product mm. um well, whereas like the the big big name triple a publishers just want the profits because that's what they're in it for they want their stocks to look good and they're in there for the for the consumer side of things they, they just want the money they don't care about the actual player base hmm. now i, I want to bounce another idea off of you um I have seen some examples of uh indie games Kickstarter games even that uh released and the performance was sketchy or iffy. Oh. Uh, like Ukulele, for example, when it first came out, not exactly the greatest performance, especially on consoles, and people were upset about it. Um, but it didn't make nearly as big of a splash as something like Anthem or Cyberpunk. Um, no. I feel like when it happens with indie games, people are more understanding. Uh, or at least it makes a smaller splash. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's my thought on that one. I don't know. Like I said, it's just the fact of like probably either lower expectations, which just sounds mean, but it's just kind what of mean? what that it is what it boils is. down to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or it's just the fact that like the the company who made ukulele was like. They made a fun game. Like it was, it wasn't meant to be a tough game or anything like that. It was a, just a an enjoyable single player type of game. So that way, people were just like, "This is just fun. This is enjoyable. The gameplay is enjoyable. The mechanics are enjoyable. Um, the, the the scenery, everything, which is good overall." So like, the the care I think is the reason for it. And it was just the the premise that it's like, oh, this is kind of like the successor of Banjo-Kazooie. And a lot of people were like, I love that game. I'll probably enjoy this game. And a lot of them most likely did. Um, and yeah, obviously there's bugs, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff and whatnot. But 
were there any like super game breaking types of bugs and stuff like that that you can recall? Not that, that I made can the game, recall. Like unplayable. I, I think like frame drops or fucking the lag or something stupid like that. I, I think the big issue with that game was like the textures were relatively low quality and shaders and everything like that, and the frames sometimes went down to like fifteen or twenty on uh, on consoles especially. There were patches that came out that made it perform better. But, you know, that, that that's pretty much the extent of the bugginess. I don't remember any game-breaking stuff. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, the frame dropping is pretty big. You can't really play a game if you're playing at 15 frames a second. That just sucks. <clears throat> but, I don't know, I just, that's a tough one. That That is um, a tough one. Um, One more thought I want to bounce off of you real quick before we move on. Uh... This this sort of uh, practice, the sort of or not the sort of practice, this kind of event where the game's release is kind of broken and buggy. It seems to me like it's a result of games ballooning in scope, like we mentioned earlier. They're getting bigger and bigger. Yes, games are just getting to be more demanding, more power hungry for you know resources on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, whatever system you're running it on. Games are just more demanding these days, and team sizes are getting bigger and bigger for these sorts of release. It, it just seems like there's a lot more that can go wrong with the releases nowadays because they're so enormous. Whereas games like Mario 64, it was a pretty small scope of a game. There were 15 levels. There may have been like 20 or so worlds that they needed to work on and develop for. It was, And it was a team size of 15. And yeah, there were small bugs and stuff, but nothing game-breaking. So just the scope seems to be the biggest contributor to this, I think. Yeah, I'm once again, uh, like... Like we had discussed um, earlier, that the fan base is what super hyped 2077. So that way it got such a big, not even like it got a big head, just like the fans put it on such a high pedestal and then it didn't meet their expectations. So they are the ones who are upset. So realistically, they're the ones that are overhyping this game. But other games, yeah, sometimes like AAA uh, titles and stuff like that hype up a game and everything and it's like oh my god i can't wait this is gonna be sick and then all of a sudden just falls on its face flat because it's nothing that any of the player base wanted because the the company wanted to go in a different direction than what the fan base thought it was going to which i don't know whether it be because of like the trailers and videos and stuff like that or if that's just like what the fans speculated for what it was going to do kind of thing um that's definitely something I want to get into at some point. Like that's a topic I want to discuss sometime down the road, but, um, but yeah, like hype is definitely a big factor in all this where fans are getting their expectations up. And for these games like cyberpunk or even like with games like kingdom hearts three, where nothing was really broken about the release, but it didn't live up to fan expectations. It, it seems like the yeah. longer that a game is in development, the more fans expect from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have all this time to look into the the game and then they just, it's just people, people being people. <laughs> people being <laughs> is people. Is what it just comes down to. They just, they just like, 
they create these scenarios and they're just like, man, this would be cool if they ended up doing this. Ah, they should be able to put that in because why wouldn't they? They've had all this time to be able to develop, look into and make that happen. And then it's just like, ah, no, that's that's not what we wanted. I mean, specifically Kingdom Hearts, love the combat. Gameplay was awesome as shit. Story, eh, a little lackluster, but what can you do? I, it's family-oriented oriented game, so they got to keep it PG to a degree and everything, which it it is what that is. Um, but... Yeah, like that game was fun. I don't think I experienced anything wrong with that game, and I played it on console. No, no hiccups or anything, you know. Right. That that's a game that uh, came out was in good shape, but overall the reception for it was pretty negative. And like we just said, I think that's because the expectations were so high for it. You were saying how the fans think, oh, they've had this all this time. Like, when was the last Kingdom Hearts game released? Like, they must have something super awesome in the works. And then it comes out, it's still fine, it's still a good game, but doesn't meet fan expectations. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It's not everything can be a ge- like a gem. Uh, they, they, they went for something, it didn't work, they now know. Hopefully they change the game plan and then... In- it, it works out better next time, ideally. Um, but, I don't know. Sometimes you gotta experiment, you know? Gotta break the mold. Test stuff out. And that's usually when things get broken. Um, and then people get pissed because it's like, I don't like change. <laughs> it's just it's just pure resilience at that point. It's just like, you gotta let them do that. They gotta experiment so that way they can like create some fucking top quality notch thing that you're just like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, 2077 is, like, for the people that that game's run perfect for, they've loved it. They're, like, they, that is the game. They love the piss out of it. Like, my one friend, he's been playing it. He's already put, like, 24 hours into it, like, the first weekend it was out. Wow. And, yeah, he, he just, it was just such a good game. There's just so much stuff to do, and it's just so immersive. It's, just, like, that's just what that is. Yeah, I've heard that the game itself is good. Like, the combat's good, the open world stuff is good. Um, Like, people were expecting it to be the game that would, like, rejuvenate the industry or anything, and it wasn't that, but it's still a really good game. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's good to hear. I'm glad that there's a good game buried under the glitches and bugs people are dealing with, but, you know, just the fan reception of it, especially... Uh, consoles um that that's been a real splotch on cd project red's uh uh namesake its reputation and that's a shame like clearly they put a lot of love and work into this game but it, it comes out and it just doesn't work how it's uh, how it's supposed to i don't know in my mind i just think that they had consoles kind of on the back burner plus who knows how how early developers are told about new next-gen consoles and what their specs are like you know Um, yeah well i mean back then the ps5 and xbox series x were just a twinkle in the eye of sony and microsoft so i don't think they were developing it the game with those consoles in mind no probably not and once again who knows if they even had like playstation 4 and xbox one as uh consoles in mind when developing this game it's possible this game was like thought of and based around the idea of this is going to be a PC game. That's just what it is. And then all of a sudden publishers like, well, can you tweak it so that way we could get consoles in on this as well? Cause there's a market there as well. 
And it's like, I guess. And then it turns into what this might have been. Hmm. You know, that that's one thing I, I wonder if it would be better uh, or if it would kind of fix this problem is if developers started bringing back the idea of exclusivity, specifically making a game for one platform. Like you say, Cyberpunk yeah. possibly uh, being meant for PC it probably should have come out just as PC and, you know, pulled a, I don't know, like came out later on other consoles. Like, you know, it comes out on PC this Christmas and then like next fall or next summer or something comes out on the consoles, like PS4, Xbox. Like, honestly, that probably would benefit the game quite a bit. It would have been good, but, um, having a game released a year later is a big big hit on the market um oh yeah so that's a tough one because just like having that people want like when that game comes out they want to play it i want to play it day one i don't want i don't want to see any other content about that type of game i want to experience it all for myself having it out for a year and being exposed to just like the oversaturation of just like content from and about that game is just going to kill your drive for it and it's also the fact of like within a year you could just go over to like a friend's place and be able to play it off theirs at that point because six months let's say six months is like the 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 timely lifespan for it six months later friends done playing it played as done played and done as much as they can do in the game and then all of a sudden it's just like you know what i'm I'm done playing this and all of a sudden your friend's like hey i haven't played that game or i haven't been able to get it yet because it's not released for consoles can i play yeah sure i don't care and then they play it experience it and one of two things can happen either they could play it enjoy it and then they get hooked on it and they can end up playing through it the entire time uh, while they're at their friends or two they they like it and then they end up uh rekindling that fire and then they wait for it to come out on consoles and then purchase it then of of those two options, it's usually I'm going to play it to my content on their on somebody else's with somebody else's or loaning. Uh, PC's a little bit harder with that kind of thing. So, but consoles specifically is a little bit tougher, and then just go from there. But I don't know. That's that's a, uh, that's a good point. I like I like the exclusivity thing though, just because there's less hardware concerns and limitations that you have to then put into this game you're making like sony i'm making it for this platform this is what the game's going to be like i like what sony did with their exclusives where they did the crash spyro trilogies and stuff like that released it all playstation cool worked fine nothing weird with that and then later on they re-released everything for uh xbox pc uh nintendo for switch it's and it's just like, all right, cool. Now I get to play the games on my console and everything, and people are still happy. Yeah, that seems to be the ideal case. Like, the game was obviously catered to a platform, like you said, and then it comes out later, and it works fine on the other versions as well. The Switch version in particular, I'm surprised at how well it seems to run. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, that whole thing with time and exclusivity, or just exclusivity in general, comes with its own problems. Still, I, I think it would be beneficial for this sort of issue where games are coming out just broken messes. Like, if a, if a developer is allowed to just focus on one platform, that that seems to be like beneficial for the game as a whole. Yeah, I think so. I, just, I mean, I like it. I like that approach to it. 
Yeah. Well, there is one more thing I want to mention here. Um, it's a quote from Shigeru Miyamoto. Most people know it well. No. Um, Get rid of him. It's a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. And clearly that doesn't really apply as much in this day and age where updates and patches and stuff are are pretty much the standard. But, you know, if a game releases and it's it's broken, it's a mess, even if the developers are able to fix it later, like uh like No Man's Sky was able to fix uh, their game. That was like a year later, though, wasn't it? Until they finally got that, like, remedied. Right, and, like, nowadays, like, it's considered to be a pretty good game. People like it, but <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's always gonna have that kind of stain on its legacy. It released, and it was bad. Um, I think in that kind of uh, mindset, that quote from Miyamoto there still stands pretty... Uh, pretty tall there i think it still applies and it'll be interesting to see how cd project red is able to remedy the situation with uh cyberpunk i hope that they can make it the game that they wanted it to be um but we'll just have to see yeah yeah i mean we'll see. i'm i don't know from from who I've seen playing it and have played it, they love it. They haven't run into anything weird or buggy or awful that ruined their experience. So I don't know. But also, all of them aren't console players. So right, they're all <laughs> PC players. If if yeah. you had friends playing this on PS4 and Xbox One, they'd be singing a different tune. I guarantee. Most likely. And but. and as I kind of pointed out, that it's a shame that that sort of you know, splotch is going to stain the game's legacy and I, I hope they can recover from it, but it'll, it'll still always have that to its reputation. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, before we go to like a new topic, mm-hmm. a couple things I wanted to bounce back on. Um, you had mentioned like, um, two generations ago, not really having any patches on release dates. However, you got the game was how the game was going to be. Yep. Um, I think a big reason uh, that that's that wasn't really a thing back when we played games then is that a net- networking wasn't really um, big per se. Um, like if we look at like PS2 era kind of stuff, um, that was still kind of like uncharted territory. Plus, PC gaming wasn't even remotely as prevalent as it is now. Uh, WoW was probably the biggest one back then wow exactly um so and they have regular patches for stuff that usually gets broken um so there that's blizzard and that's a whole different like beast (laughs) of a thing to even remotely discuss about oh i look Um, forward to discussing blizzard sometime oh god (laughs) but like but like realistically just like there was the, the the thought of patching wasn't even like a concept to consoles at that time because they really didn't interact with each other. Everything was an exclusive title. Essentially, it's like, all right, this is being released on this. This is what I got to work with. How it's going to be released is how it's going to stay. And right. And I don't know. That also has to do with the fact that capability to update and patch the games wasn't really there yet. Yeah. Network based consoles was rare and if it was there it was pretty limited uh for what it could do so it was just time and era kind of thing so i if if 
they probably were able to patch and everything. I'm sure they would. Absolutely. Oh, sure. Um, but I think the reason they didn't is just the capability of it really wasn't a thing per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel but, like at those times the pressure was really on the developers to release the game as good as they possibly could instead of yeah. fall back on the fact that they can patch it later. Yep. So um, that was my one thing I wanted to mention about the the patching uh, that we had discussed. And then um, another one that uh, another thing that I wanted to touch touch back on was um, Evolve with uh, 2K. Mm-hmm. Um, the developers really wanted, like when uh, Evolve 2.0 was released, when they re revamped everything, um, the development team really wanted to like uh, push out content. They had like a whole bunch of plans, a whole bunch of new releases, new creatures, ideas, uh, buffs, and stuff like that for hunters and things. And they had a lot on their uh, on the agenda for what they wanted to do with the game and everything. But then 2K's like, no, this is this is too much money. We're just gonna leave it as is, and we're just gonna soak up what money we can out of this, and then this project's done. So, mm. publisher just shutting down an entire thing when the developers are like, we have so many cool things we want to do for this game to make this game so much more fun. And then the the publisher's just like, no, this is too much money. There's not enough profit out of it, so we're just not gonna do it. And that sucks because it was, it's just like one of those things. And I'm sure other games have run into that issue as well. But that one, that one was like the one that was closest to me that I've looked the most into because it's, I I enjoyed that game a lot. And it was just very unfortunate to see um, the development team had ideas they wanted to go with those ideas, but they were just told no, and it, it got shut down. Yeah, that is a shame. I remember you and the guys really enjoyed that game when you got to play it. Yeah, we cranked hours. We like spent that one weekend where we just played for fucking like I don't even know probably like twenty thirty hours within like two three days. It's <laughs> insane. We 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 hauled ass in that game. It was so much fun. And then it was just like no, nope, it's done. It's like, ah, shame. That is a shame. Well, did you have any other thoughts before we move on? No, those those are the only two things I want to touch touch back on. All right. Well. There's one more topic that I want to kind of touch on with you. We probably won't get too in-depth into <gasps> it for time's sake. But, bum, bum, bum. but this is something that you and I have some experience with. You know, we we have a lot of games from our childhood that we really like to play. But oftentimes nowadays, we don't really have the means to. Uh, whether that be because, you know, modern displays don't support composite input or, you know, you just don't have the consoles anymore, or they're just broken, yada, yada, yada. That just happens with old games. But there is something on the PC side that comes to save the day, and that's emulators. How much, Never heard of them. What are they? <laughs> I was going to say, how much experience do you have with emulators, Henry? Mm-hmm. What the fuck are they? Jeff, explain. An emulator, <laughs> my friend, is a program that a... Uh, that a developer, whether that be a fan or just an individual, creates uh, to act One like whole fan? That's impressive. One whole fan, or sometimes just teams. <laughs> like These are impressive things. <laughs> they have to write code and programs that make your computer act like the system that you want to be playing games for. Say like a Super Nintendo. And you obviously can't plunk your Super Nintendo cartridge into uh, I don't know, like a USB sort of a thing. USB port. Yeah. <laughs> and and play the game. Uh like somebody has to write code 
a program that acts like the Super Nintendo and is able to read a ROM, a read-only memory file of that game. So that is what emulation is. Sounds neat. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? No, I think it's really cool. Um, once again, PCs able to do a lot. That's just what that is. Um, <laughs> uh, I like emulators just because it gives you a chance to play <clears throat> those old style games again, uh, the way that you remember them. Uh, sometimes reiterations of old games on uh, those like parent companies can be re-released. And it's not quite or how you remember them to be because they obviously have tweaked, patched, or taken something out of them. Um, one in spe- uh, one specific instance is uh, the Super Mario uh, All-Stars or 3D whatever All-Stars. the fuck that trilogy. 3D All-Stars that was released where they took out a backwards long jump from Super Mario 64 Mm-hmm. Everything else plays the exact same. Game's all the same. But they're like, this? No, no, no. You can't have this. And, and I have tested things in that game to to see um, you know, if they're still the same. Like, you can still jump at the stairs and, like, pull yourself up from the ceiling. Uh, that's yeah, still in there. It's so ridiculous that they took that out, but they left all the other stupid buggy bullshit in because that was a way to skip through their game. I'm like, fuck off. This is how the game was played before. It's fun. It's a, It was an... In- <laughs> It was an unintended feature in the game. Oh, I think even the bomb uh, backwards thing is uh, is still in effect. You can still get through Chainchomp's gate with the. You can the still get through the. You can ground pound through fucking swamp on top of uh, Swamp's fortress. Yep, you you can still like, do that. Like Jesus Christ, it's just <laughs> stupid. It's just such a stupid fucking thing, and I hate it. But um, besides that, it's just cool being able to play like those old style games and everything. Like. Yes, it's it's uh, illegal to do to to obtain the ROMs from the websites and everything like that. Um, if you own a legal copy, theoretically, for discs like PS One era stuff, you can rip the image off of the disc and be able to play it through emulators that way. Uh, that's the legal way that they probably would prefer you to have it because you technically own the disc. You own it. That's your property. You have that. So there's no real red flags there, but um, I don't know. It's like like the companies who get upset about having their their products released. I feel like they shouldn't get all butthurt about it if they're not releasing the ability to play those games on their consoles for like cheap too. I'm not paying twenty bucks for a fucking Game Boy black and white fucking game. There's no way. That's insane. Like ninety nine cents, sure. I'll pay. I'll pay a dollar. Play that game again. Why not? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, th- there's definitely a legal way to go all about it. Um, but generally, when we think of people who emulate games, we think of people who download an emulator from a website, download the ROM for the game, even if they don't own it, and just play it. Um, yeah. I-, I have to admit, I'm guilty of that. Are you guilty of that? What? Yes, 100%. But is the reason you do that because there's no current-gen consoles that support those old-style games that you want to play? Yes, absolutely. There there are definitely instances where, you know, I, I have a game on my Super Nintendo. For example, uh, Speedy Gonzalez and Los Gatos Bandidos. 
Um, <laughs> it's a third-party game that was never re-released, never made available on any other platform than the ones it was originally on, and that's a shame, because though I still have my Super Nintendo, it, it's a pain in the butt to set it up with any sort of modern-day hardware, so your common uh, workaround for that is to just emulate it. And how I don't have the means to rip the game off of the Super Nintendo cartridge, so I've downloaded it and uh, played it on there. But an example of one that I don't own uh, that I wanted to play was uh, The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. I played that recently, and I technically don't own that game, but I, I downloaded the ROM for it, I put it on my Wii U, and I played it. So... I don't know. But Jeff, on your Wii U, that's yeah. not a PC. It's not, but I homebrewed my uh, Wii U so that it can play. Oh, uh, Jeffrey, what? that's frowned upon. Wow. Custom firmware? Oh, my goodness. But why, though? <laughs> Dude, right? Especially for, pla- especially for like handheld consoles that aren't supported anymore. Right, like your uh, Which PSP obviously Go, right? Like you, um, PSP Go, PSP, my PS Vista. Like those are awesome. You're able to play fucking like PlayStation One and like backwards on that thing. Dope. Right. But it, it's they're stopped being supported. So like cu- custom firmwares are just easy to put on there nowadays. Because it's right. like even the developer, like the original like companies, like all right, I've given up on this. This is a dead product essentially. But to answer your question, yes, I, I do think that's a common practice is because, you know, people tend to download the older games because they're no longer supported on a modern platform. They they don't have any other way to play them other than emulate them. Yep. Um, do you have any games you've done that for? Uh, a couple of the Pokemon games um, was one that I've done. Uh, ooh, um, specifically, I ended up doing a uh, Monster Hunter game for my psp but the reason i did that one was because it was only released in japan ah it was an exclusive title only yes yes so that was a big reason why i ended up doing it with that because i wanted at the time nintendo had rights to capcom's games so monster hunter falls under capcom and was only being released on nintendo uh consoles which at the time they didn't have the Switch, which is probably like their best one in a while. Whereas all the other ones are kind of meh. Just because like the 3DSs and uh, all those other handhelds weren't exactly like the um, strongest in the hardware aspect. So it, it just seemed like limited stuff. Plus, like, I don't like the layouts of a couple of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like eh. But uh, in Japan, they still were releasing Monster Hunter games for other consoles. Like, um, they had it for uh, Xbox 360. They had a couple titles released and everything for that console. And then they also had uh, a couple released for the PSP and the handhelds and stuff like that. Interesting. So I ended up getting one of those because that was region locked. And I really wanted to play something on, like, my PSP and stuff because I enjoyed that game as a handheld. Um, and that's, when, that's, like, the one I could really think of for that. So for, for having emulated that, that touches on another subtopic of this, uh, of this discussion that I want to touch on. Uh, another reason that we emulate games is because of the pure flexibility of it. Like you were mentioning, you, uh, you don't like the layout of some of the Nintendo consoles that that monster hunter was released for, but get the 
PSP version or Xbox 360 version, you can play with those controllers. Or emulate it on your PC, play it with, I don't know, an Atari controller if you really wanted to. <laughs> oh, sadistic monster. But no, you could like you could go with like the PlayStation, which is what Monster Hunter started out on with that layout if you wanted to go with it. Or you could just go with like a 360 controller or pretty much any of the controllers that pretty much can connect to a PC, which has become super easy now because gaming on PC has become very prevalent. Right, and it's it, that flexibility is very, uh, oh, enticing. It's very enticing for us who aren't exactly a big fan of the console the game released on originally, and you get to have it however you want it. Uh, the, the, there's button mapping for games that didn't used to have button mapping. And plenty of options. That's I enjoy that a lot. L- like if I think, for example, Donkey Kong Country Returns. If I, I like, I can get that on an emulator. And the original game, you had to shake the Wii remote to have Donkey Kong roll, and that was cumbersome. But if you wanted to, you know, load that game into an emulator remap that shaking control to like i don't know trigger button you can just hold down the trigger button and it'll act like you're shaking the wii remote that i I really like that flexibility yeah there's just there's just a a freedom to it where you're not locked into how i guess the developers like this is how i want you to play it or even like publisher however whoever has the final say on how certain things should be uh played out with that kind of stuff you know Mm mm-hmm so, I don't know. I like emulators. They're cool. They're interesting and everything. Um, I know there's, they get a lot of flack uh, just because of the legality side of things with that. But like I said, consoles would just like release and support that, but there's no money in it because they'd have like so few people actually purchasing that kind of stuff. Or they're like, why? Why would, why would I waste valuable like server space on this thing that's probably not going to even make me like ten dollars well the, you know nintendo was pretty good about that for a while and even sony dipped their toes into that like um they often had uh online shops where you could get legacy content nintendo more so but even sony had like you could yeah. you could get the jack and daxter collection for example that was on ps3 i believe you could buy that Ooh. on your ps4 um and Nintendo especially, like I said, they had content all the way from their NES and Game Boy to N64, skipped GameCube for whatever reason, and the Wii, the, the virtual console is what it was called. Um, yeah, but right there, you just said they skipped the GameCube. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Like, like for some GameCube's reason... GameCube's got a lot of good titles that are very unique to it. Like, I think there's like a Wario game. I'd love to play one of those Wario games. That'd yeah, be nuts. Wario Land 4, I believe. Yeah, maybe it was more. You know where I can't play it? Probably not on fucking Nintendo right now. <laughs> no, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and yeah, that that is a shame. Like if if the companies were more willing to let us have those games and play them on our current consoles, that would be one thing. But you know, there's no money in it. It's probably difficult to do to you know make everybody happy. There's so many games that you would have to. You know, make sure work with the with the inbuilt emulators and whatnot. You know, there's just a lot you know, to it. Whereas, you know, any game you can imagine, you could probably find an uh, an emulator and a ROM to play it, and just download it, put it on your PC, and off you go. Yeah, one hundred percent. So it's enticing cool it thing, that way. A cool thing that would be neat if they if if companies were to do this, which I doubt they ever will, um, 
would be do like a, a poll like every month of like uh, they select like five old games or even leave it open for for people to put like votes in or something like that. And then whatever game's like the most selected one uh, from their like franchise that they've had before. So you just like incorporate in like, I don't know, however long it would take them to put that on their their consoles for the current gen stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, I have one more thing I want to ask you here. Um, we brought one up the more thing. <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. Um, we brought up the idea of the legality of emulation and you and I have admitted to the fact that we we've downloaded ROMs to games that we don't actually own. Um, boy, can't wait to see the officers show up at my door tomorrow. (laughs) Do you have a way of justifying that? Like in your head, do you think, you know, if, if the console or if this game was available on a console, I would get it, but or do you have just a general rule of thumb that you go by? No, there's there's no justification. I just don't think about it as being illegal. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, <laughs> I have I do not have that that moral compass in me. That's where it's going to be like I shouldn't be doing this. This is no no. It's like <laughs> I really want to play this game right now. I'm in the mood to play this game right now. Let's get that downloaded. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, I got it. Maybe the only time have- that I'd be like worried about it is if like a ISP was like tracking for certain sites and stuff like that and they're like hey yo we we caught you on this website downloading stuff we don't you can't do that dude i had that happen i actually had that happen um it was back when i hacked my uh, wii u and i i got the gamecube functionality on it and uh i downloaded a bunch of gamecube games from like a torrent Uh, and then the next day i get an email from spectrum Saying like, "Hey, uh, Nintendo uh, reached out to us, and you're you're downloading a bunch of games you're not supposed to be. If you do this again, we'll cut off your service." I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah, it's like that shit. That's the shit that I'd, I'd be like worried about doing uh, for that kind of stuff. But the the workaround is just get like a VPN. They're relatively cheap. You can it just changes your IP address. Blah blah blah. Whole bunch of techie shit that I don't. I never really looked all that much into. Um, and then you're, you're scot free, um, Th- which is nice. There's another, uh, workaround I found works better. Um, I don't know if I should admit this online, but if you find Just go to your workplace and <laughs> no, if you, if you find a website that lets you download a, a zip file for the game and extract it, that's a lot more difficult for companies to trace. So if you're downloading a zip file of, uh, a GameCube game, for example, versus torrenting it that's more difficult to track so uh, i've downloaded more gamecube games from a certain website i'm not going to say where um but you know it's dot zip files so i've not gotten in trouble for that yet um that you know of that i know of <laughs> um but i i had asked about justification and i, I do kind of i do kind of have my own uh and it kind of reflects on something that you and I talked about a few minutes ago is um, if a company is no longer making money on the game, if they are no longer selling the game, I can, in my mind at least, justify downloading a ROM for it because what else am I going to do? Like, If I wanted to play, for example, I don't know, Super Mario Land on the on the Game Boy, uh, sure. You know what? That that's probably not a great example. I'm sure that's available on some virtual console somewhere. Um, how about Clay Fighter on the Super Nintendo? 
Oh, Jesus, that's a game. That is a game. And it's a game that Nintendo isn't making money on. I don't know of anyone who's actually selling the game. If I have to shell out a bunch of money to, say, uh, a reseller on eBay uh, to get the game... 60 bucks yeah, right now. Yeah, if I have to do <clears throat> that, I can't justify spending the money to get the game from that reseller because who's that benefiting? It's benefiting the reseller. It's not going to the developers who made the game. It's not going to the publishers who put out the game. It's not going to the uh, the console seller whose game who the, provides the console for that game. It's just going to that reseller. So if there's a situation like that, there's no other way to get the game except eBay, Craigslist, reselling in some way. I can, in my mind, justify getting that ROM and playing it on my PC. Are you telling me you're not willing to support small local businesses, Jeff? My <laughs> God. How many of those are awful. left, dude? I can't. I, I don't know how many, how many like small mom and pop shops are around selling uh, selling video games. Uh, also, um, Play Fighter Sculptor's Cut N64. Uh, that one's super rare. It's like, like 30 bucks on eBay. Really? Wow. I, I didn't know that. I, I have the original version of that game, 63 and a third. Yeah. Uh, realistically, I, I ended up playing uh, the Clay Fighter game on um, <clears throat> Sega. Sega! Sega! Um, that's funny. But yeah, that's 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 what I played it on. I didn't even know it was for N64 until you'd mentioned it uh, in one of our many conversations about the game. Yeah, the original version was for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Um, that was just Clay Fighter, but then they released another ver- another like game, like a sequel almost. Clay Fighter 63 and a third, obviously a spoof on the idea that all games at that generation on that console had 64 as their subtitle. Um, but yeah, that's a thing. I don't know uh, whether that's a uh, scummy of me to do to download the games. If I can't easily get a hold of them, I don't know. Um, one thing I can say is I don't do that all that often. Uh, I don't really play emulators a ton. So I, yeah, I, 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 I feel guess there's that. Ooh, um, something to mention that's very unique and interesting. And I'm surprised it's still up and running, but I don't understand how, cause I didn't look into it. Um, Pokemon, super big Nintendo game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to play the older ones, like on the Switch. Can't do it. It's only available for like 3DS or some shit like that. But I don't yeah. want to play it on my 3DS. I want to play it on my Switch. Um, something that uh, this one team had done is they took ROMs from the old games. Um, I think it's like silver and gold, black and white, and like red and green. I think ROMs, those like one from each of those generations mm-hmm. and they put it all together and they ended up making a pokey MMO, Ooh-hoo. which is like, <clears throat> which is like all three games into one, which is awesome. So it's got gens like one through whatever the fuck that is to black and white. That's and neat. You, you play it, you play through the games and they tweaked it too. So it's not exactly like straight up ROMs from it and it's multiplayer. So you could like battle with friends and everything in like the real world so you could go around catch pokemon and stuff like that and they have like a leveling system and stuff so that way like the the opponents scale with your pokemon levels which the original games did not so basically you power level one and then you just you just plow through everything which is what that is because they were all set to static levels 
Whereas with the the Pokemon MMO, the opponents and AI that aren't there, they scale up with you or with your strongest Pokemon. So if you have one strongest, the rest of the enemy team is going to be close to that level. Nice. And then they fuck up your team. It's really cool. Um, so that was the thing that they ended up doing. So that way, that's like one way you could actually play old school Pokemon with friends and stuff like that. That's um, that's really also, neat. Like, like Pokemon MMO is the closest to like Pokemon the anime is. That's because that's you're really cool. playing alongside friends and everything, and you have your own teams and shit like that. And you you're going through this adventure, getting the badges, while also leveling up Pokemon, while also being able to like interact with your friends and Poke battle them. It's just cool. It's really neat. You know, that brings up the topic of ROM hacks. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty into them. Like, them, I think they tweak and patch and everything. There's also a market for buying items and Pokemon and stuff like that, too. So, it's pretty cool how invested that is. It's like, that's a whole... They they did far and beyond, like, a, a ROM hack at this point. Oh, that's neat. Um, but I'm amazed that they're even running because Nintendo usually shuts down fun things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, no, ROM hacks. ROM hacks are cool because uh, from my understanding, it's them using the assets that are inside of the game by default and then adjusting it to make a new unique game, essentially. And that's I like that. That's a cool, cool spin on things. Um Probably the one you're thinking of is like the Mario um, 64 one that I showed you, I don't know, like a year or two ago. Yeah, Kaizo, 64, Kaizo Mario 64. Yeah, and it was just like, it. it's basically Mario 64, but like turned up the difficulty for like people who were good at 64 at a godly level. But now you got this game that's like supposed to kick your teeth in nine ways from Sunday. But yeah. it was like, this is a challenge. But I'm good enough at the base game to be able to implement those skills into this game and have a chance at it at least. You yeah, know? I, I did beat that. By the way, I 100 completed it. You're a disgusting it. monster. <laughs> yeah, I I love ROM hacks. Um, it, it, it's really interesting. It, it takes um, it like you said, it takes the base game and makes something kind of new out of it. There's a few examples that I really like. Um. The ones that come immediately to mind are uh, Super Mario World Return to Dinosaur Land, almost a direct sequel to uh, Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Uh, The guy took the assets from the game, made a bunch of levels, like 50 or so, and just basically made a new game out of it. And it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I love shit like that. Because it's like somebody's like, I could could basically make like version two of, or like a, a sequel to this game same assets everything but it's like this is what the game should be after you beat like the final boss of something you know it's like here's like new game plus mode or some shit like that yeah (laughs) or or they'll just take it and make entirely different games out of it or i guess new games like um oh there's a, a legend of zelda uh rom hack that i was playing it was um uh like perils of darkness or something and in the same kind of manner, it, it takes the assets from the game and makes new dungeons, new map layout, new mechanics and all that. And that I never I haven't beaten it. I only played it for like an hour or two, but it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Um, but 
you know, ROM hacks are kind of a bigger topic that I might want to hop back into at some point, but suffice it to say, that's just another plus of emulation is that it allows for ROM hacks like that. You're not going to find a Super Nintendo, well, you might find a Super Nintendo cartridge that somebody jerry-rigged to work with a, with a ROM hack, but generally those aren't yeah. available. Emulation is your, pretty much your only bet for that. And, oh, um, go ahead. Sorry. Um, there's, uh, oh, fuck. It's one of those NES games. Uh, I think, I forget what the hell it's called, where they, where you can order the game cartridge and everything and be able to play it on the, the, the console. I forget what the fuck one it is. I think it's like Mother or Homebound, one of the two. Mother 3. No, that was a Game Boy Advance game, wasn't it? You're talking about <sighs> Earthbound, that series, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I called it Ness. No, he's in it. Um, but they made it where you could play the physical game, which uh, English translation <clears throat> specifically, Ooh. they translated it. So that way you could plug it into your console and then it would load up and it would be in English and you'd be able to play it just fine. Oh, that's really cool. It was, it was cool. It was a really neat thing. I f- forget which one that is. Uh, bothers the piss out of me that I can't recall right now. Um, but that was a thing that they ended up doing. Um, but in general, like ROM hacks, uh, I haven't really delved too much into it, so I don't have too much to really contribute. Um, I guess you could maybe look at that as just like modding in general. I've done more of that kind of stuff. Um, we yeah. want to somehow incorporate those into being the same topic type. But yeah, um, but, I, I feel mm-hmm. like emulators uh, allow for that. And they allow for the flexibility of controllers. Some of them even have network play. Like, um, you can play uh, Super Mario Kart, for example, online with friends through, you know, SNES 9X or whatever. Um, Some of them have that net play. I think that's really cool. There's just a bunch of options that emulators bring to the table. It... I really like it. It's just it's just a shame that there's the whole legality portion of it that makes it such a gray area. And it's understandable. Um, like, technically, I should only have the games that I actually own on my PC. Um, and then it would technically still be a gray area kind of thing, but technically legal? I don't know. I, I just feel like emulation gets kind of a bad rap for that. And yeah. it really is such a cool thing that that we can do now with our PCs. Very unique. Um, whilst trying to find my answer, apparently Mother 1 and 2 full English translation is available on a Game Boy Advance cartridge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy to think about. I, I don't know much about the Mother series, to be fair. but Neither do I. But that was definitely an interesting thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other uh, any other thoughts about the emulation side of things? Oh man. Um. No, I th- I think I've said my piece uh, on on this on this topic. <laughs> I, I feel like I have for the most part too. Other than uh, there was a multiplayer ROM hack for Super Mario sixty four that I kind of wanted to try playing with you guys at some point. <laughs> Uh, ah, I see. It's it's Mario sixty four. Uh, I, I I don't know um if it's got a name or anything, but you can choose like any of a bunch of different characters. I I played through the whole game as Yoshi, 
Um, and he has a flutter jump. Um, but all the normal controls that Mario does. Th- that was really cool. I'd like to play. You know, you, you, you did bring up something now. Uh, emulation with multiplayer. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty cool being able to play like Nintendo 64 games with friends who aren't right next to you. Yeah. Through the emulators and stuff like that. That's very interesting. Remember that time? I, remember that time you and I were playing Mario Party 2 online? Yes. Oh, that was It, awesome. it wasn't the hottest, but I mean, it was the fact that we were able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. I loved that. And yeah. I, it's just neat. You know, we got to do that more often. Uh, we never did finish that match in Mario Party 2. We we had a problem with it where like our instances of the game. Yeah, they desynced yeah. and we were playing different mini games. It's like what's happening? <laughs> it's like, man, I don't I don't even know, dog. Whole but, lot of freaky stuff. But just the fact that that's an option is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like Nintendo's kind of dipping into that a little bit with their NES and SNES app online thing. You and I were playing uh Mario All-Stars at one point. Yes. Yes, we were. But I want to play more of those games with you. They're fun. Where 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 be the GameCube games? Uh, I don't know what it is about <laughs> Nintendo, but they just don't It's it's either they want to remake the games on the GameCube and resell them at $60 because they know they'll sell or they're just like, "No. I don't want to touch that GameCube with a 10-foot pole." No. I don't understand. It's like they're fucking hate child, but it's so good <laughs> everyone likes their fucking games i know <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and you just supposed to pull the stick out their ass and fucking just get to it i'm amazed jeff that the 3d all-stars even had sunshine in it right Th- they could have just been I'm like surprised no, they that didn't one fucking rework exist. it to be like i'm sorry they didn't rework it where it's just uh super mario 64 mario galaxy and mario galaxy 2 <laughs> these are the only 3d mario games nope no other ones no other ones yep, sorry folks or even imagine if they put the rpg one in <laughs> you know like, nope, sorry folks low key uh, would not RPG have been up- n64 <laughs> and galaxy i low-key wouldn't have been upset about that to be honest with you <laughs> yeah speaking speaking of games that just don't get any love yeah <clears throat> oh my gosh but, but yeah that one technically could have made the list is 3d and it's weird the fucking... isometric 3d view hey it counts it does i mean it wasn't a side man, scroller i i want to go back and play that game now <laughs> that, that was a good You're one welcome i i played it i played through it <laughs> once but i don't feel like i got my full mileage out of that oh man i i watched someone speed running it i'm just like there's a whole lot of fucking stupid shit happening in this i i don't understand cool perfect <laughs> Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, I think that that's pretty much our piece on emulation. We like it. We Thumbs up. Yeah, I, I support it. Like I said, especially for those games that people just they just don't support anymore. It's, you know, it happens. There, There is one one thing, though, I do want to mention uh, before we move on. One more thought that I want to get across. Um, nope, sorry. When I say off. <laughs> All right. Roll credits. No. Roll the credits. No. God damn it. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is that though I am in support of emulation for older titles that don't get support anymore, there is one practice I'm not a big fan of, and that's emulating games of current generation consoles. <gasps> do you mean pirating new games like Cyberpunk 2077? I don't know how many people really pirate that, but I'm sure it exists. 
Um, uh, it's a good question. Kind of curious. I want to look it up now. But the examples that I know exist are like the uh, the there's a Switch emulator that you can download ROMs or the download the games, pirate the games that Nintendo is currently selling selling and play them on your PC. And there are some cool things that come from that too. Like there's some custom Mario Odyssey levels that people have created. That's neat. But the problem I have with that is that. I'm sure there are people that have the physical copies of the game or digital, whatever, they own the game, and then they download the ROM for it. I guess, but I can't support people pirating games that are currently on store shelves, you know? Now, what if they end up getting the emulator for like i don't know let's say wii u or nintendo switch mm-hmm. and they end up getting like one of those games and they like try it out and they they play like an hour or two and they don't like it <clears throat> then they stop playing it's like all right i basically played a demo of the game didn't like it saved me 60 bucks <clears throat> and the the headache of having to go through the return process for this which GameStop's a fucking nightmare in general, probably for anyways, because they're like, oh, we opened it, blah, 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 a whole bunch of bullshit. Um, or, like, for that, I'm more okay with, because they're testing out the game. Or even if they play it, and, like, the emulator version, obviously, is going to be buggy, because it's not patched up and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a big reason why games day one are super buggy. So people can't can't get the, uh, the, the um, cracked v- versions of them. I forget what the proper term is anymore. Um, and it's just shit. So they have to wait in for patches to come through in order to be able to play the the free game mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, that might be an approach that they could be taking, which is an awful one, but uh, they could piggyback on it. So kudos to them. Um, but people who end up like getting the game and they're like, this game sucks, and then they proceed to play it for like sixty hours and then beat it, and it's like, all right, what? <laughs> Clearly, you like the game enough to play it, but not enough to pay for it. Yeah, uh, your, your thought on people using it as like an extended demo or something like that, um, that's kind of dicey for me because how many people are actually going to like play the quote unquote demo of it and then be like, okay, yeah, I can support this. I'll pay the developer 60 bucks. I don't know how many people are actually going to do that if they have access to the game on their PC for free. Probably not many, if any at all, but yeah, it's I, just the fact that that's also a possibility for that kind of thing. Because, like, it's if a there's a game I'm iffy about, it's, just, it's like 60 bucks. I'm like, eh, but I mean, I it's, a possi- it's a possible scenario, but I don't think it's enough for me to really justify the emulation of current games unless you actually own them. Sure. Like, like there are patches on the PC emulator for, I think, CMU. It's the Wii U emulator for like Breath of the Wild yeah. to make it like run at crazy frame rates or resolutions and stuff like that. Like, if you've bought the game and you own it, I guess uh, it's a gray area, but I guess mm-hmm. it's acceptable. I mean, if you own the game, whatever <clears throat> you could, you could do whatever you want with it at that point. You paid your money, you paid your dues. I mean, especially if you're able to rip the game off of the disc and like play it on your PC. Like I, I guess that's the most legitimate way of doing it, but the people who are just pirating the game, not, not paying for it. I, I can't really support that. 
uh, yeah, that's my piece. All right. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on on the emulation side of things? No, I think I'm I'm good. All right. Well, I think that's where we're gonna wrap it up. Then that was that was a good discussion on those things, Henry. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Hell yeah, brother. So uh, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. As always, uh, there is the video version of this podcast on Volatile Upgrade on YouTube. Uh, And there's also the audio-only versions available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, a couple other audio sites. We're still trying to get our iTunes stuff in order. Uh, We'll let you know when that's available. But yeah, uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Uh... Yeah, Henry, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Uh, love yous. Brush your teeth. Have a good night. <laughs> Brush your teeth. <laughs> do that. <laughs> but also, one more thing. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us or anything you want us to discuss on the next episode, feel free to uh, let us know in the Discord server or in the comments of the YouTube video. We'd love to answer your questions, guys. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks but for listening. Jeff, the Discord server. Where can they find that information to join us at said Discord server? <laughs> that burr, information burr, is burr. in the description <laughs> of the video and audio only versions of the podcast. There's a link in the description to check out our Discord server. Look. Yep. Hype. <laughs> Hype. Yeah, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time here on the Gaming Corner Podcast. Love yous. Bye.